Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson. I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while, but it's probably only been a couple of days, and then we had the holiday weekend. Anyways, we are back for the Managing Partners Podcast where we interview America's top managing partners to see how they are growing their firm and keeping their pipeline full. And today I have with me, Justin Allen Chin. Hey, Justin. Hey, hey everybody. Good, good, good. Honored to be on the show. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Well, you are joining us from Atlanta. How are things down there right now? Atlanta is hot. It's, it's very hot here, very humid. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I went for a run this morning and uh, it was terrible. So, and, and we're we're in Virginia. So I, I think I think we share the same kind of humidity. Oh, I love Virginia. Yeah, I was born and raised in North Carolina. All right, on excellent. Well, cool. Hey, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm? Sure. My name's Justin Chen. Uh, I started uh, my law firm five years ago. It's uh, technically called Law Offices of Justin Chen LLC, and I've got one paralegal, Ashley McClure. And we specialize primarily in family law, and we're getting even more specialized than just family law. As you know, there's a lot of aspects of family law. Specifically, we primarily, probably not about 90% of our cases, we primarily represent mothers uh, going through divorce. And so we're actually looking for very specific fact patterns because we know how to do those cases. We know how to win those cases. And specifically, those mothers have children they want primary custody of. They've got a marital home that they want to keep. We also are specializing in legitimation. So as you know, that's when there's a child born out of wedlock, which happens a lot in Atlanta. And we represent the mothers. Uh, They've generally already filed for child support. The father doesn't have Hmm. rights to the child. So we come in and, and so the father's petitioning the court to gain custody rights and or parenting time with the child. And so we come in and represent the mothers and try to buy for what they call graduated parenting plan, where, for example, we generally see cases where the baby is two to three years old. And up until that time, the father and mother have been able to operate under an informal agreement where the father's paying informal child support and the mother is giving him some informal inconsistent parenting time and then you know any relationship if you don't work at it it has chronic issue or chronic issue surface right and so they aren't able to work together anymore and so they have to go to the court to solve their parenting time child support issues and so we're specifically focusing a lot on those type of cases and then finally is modification so that's when a divorce and or legitimation order has been entered And usually we see them two or three years after the divorce or legitimation has been entered and just circumstances have changed and the child support and or parenting time needs to be modified. And so we go in there and uh, work with the client to allege a significant change in circumstances, which is what you need as a threshold in Georgia to qualify for a modification. And then we'll go in and develop a new parenting plan develop a new child support worksheet and help the client figure out what they can modify and reasonably modify accordingly to the law. 
And so, yeah, we've been doing that for, I can't believe it's been five years. I mean, honestly, I started as a side hustle. I was moonlighting for probably two years before that. I was working at another law firm. And as any good entrepreneur knows, I mean, the secret is to work two jobs. So you have that bread and butter from your other job. And I mean, I just, I didn't even choose family law. It, it was amazing. I just started posting some ads out there. I mean, honestly on Craigslist, Hey, need some extra help reviewing. There's a lot of paralegal work. There's a lot of work in the strata between a lawyer and uh, what we call pro se. So it's someone that needs just some extra help. So for 200, 300 bucks, I was just helping clients fill out child support worksheets, do their divorce papers. And I just realized there's this huge market in family law that was untouched. And most of the family lawyers, they're either costing 300 to $500 an hour, which I mean, their retainers are just yeah. out the wazoo for ordinarily working, you know, most of all of us only working eight to five workers. So really started this firm that just specialized in that. I had gotten a lot of other leads uh, with other types of law, but I really felt this was my calling because it's, it's a very personal type of business, Eric. It's, it's, I mean, we're getting into the 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 weeds and in, in the personal life and just taking that step calling a lawyer is hard and but entrusting that lawyer with the most intimate details of your family life and getting them in the weeds of literally how much they're going to see their children how much they're going to communicate with their children it's it's a big step so i love what we're going to talk about today i don't want to belabor uh, this first question but really is how to market a, yourself to to gain that trust that you need to to close your client. Uh, that's a great story. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, you know, the journey that you've been on because there's a huge parallel, honestly, between the journey you've had for the last five years and the journey that mm -hmm. I've had for now about twelve years. But mm -hmm. it, but but the first five years is like identical. Uh, actually, now I take it back. <laughs> you you have you have learned much faster than I did. Because uh, it took me a long time to figure oh, out, no. <laughs> you know, like, like, first of all, I, I did, I freelance as well and I saved money and then I went off on my own. I didn't have all the income that I needed, but it was enough to, to get me started. Uh, so we have a similarity there, but then it, it took me a long time. And I mean, a long, long time, 10 years at least to figure out the power of niching. Mm. And it sounds like you did that very, very quickly. Oh, mm. also the things like Craigslist. Yeah. You know, in the very no, beginning, I, I guess <laughs> in the very beginning though, like when, when you're, when you're going off on your own. You know, you get that work from anywhere you need to. Like, my guess is you probably That's don't right. post on Craigslist quite as much these days as you used to. But then, you know, it, it's a great way of getting <laughs> started and finding those first clients who really need you. But you learned very, very right. quickly. So, uh, really, congratulations on, right. on that. It Again, you, you've, you've done it Thank twice you. as fast as it took me to figure all that out. And, and the niching. And then now, oh, no. Thank you, though. now <laughs> even like that hyper niching, really, really smart. I, I really mm, like that mm. what you've done, especially focusing in on the mothers. That makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Job. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. So I yeah, let's that. talk about, you know, we, we, you already started talking about it a little bit from the beginning of your journey, how you get clients with Craigslist. That was, you know, then I'm guessing things have changed a little bit since then, especially since you've really focused in on family law and the other areas you were talking about and then working with mothers. How do you go about getting clients now? Well, we're trying to transition into the referral-based business model. So yes, when you start, you're just grabbing down all the low-hanging fruit, anyone that needs your help. And that's the only way to learn. Everybody has to go through it and everyone has to be humble enough 
to be able to say, hey, I'm going to help out this person. If your heart's in the right place and you honestly want to help people, you enjoy working with people, that will come out and you'll win. But if your heart's in the wrong place, you're just after the money, then it won't launch. So what my goal now is, is and, and any business is based on the sales cycle, right? So how long does it take to get that client really spending, honing in on those prospects that are coming in what coming in hot and in our business i've gotten it to it now now if we don't pick up the, or we don't return the call within 24 hours 48 hours we lose mm -hmm. the client that's mm -hmm. how hot they're coming in and so i think for anyone that wants to do the kind of the same thing is they've got to identify the hot clients and number two they've got to some way be able to close those clients while juggling around all their other responsibilities as a business owner. And so, and also moving to a referral-based business is so much better. And, and, and that's why the lawyers with 30 years of experience, all they, that, that's all they take because number one is they're coming in and they're coming in very hot because they came in because their friend or their family member said, hey, Justin Chin represented me in my divorce. He did an outstanding job. Give him a call. There's a 95% chance in my type of business because it's so personal that that person is going to hire me, yep. not only to please and bolster their relationship. And, and you know this all, Eric, but we're, we're talking to the people out there to bolster their relationship with that family member and or friend and also to get someone that they know is good. So it's that trust factor. So that's the number one hurdle in, in our business as family lawyers. And I had, and, and it, it's different in other types of law, but in family law, it's finding someone you trust. I mean, I just actually yep. represented my cousin. He's an anesthesiologist. I've represented a lot of people close in my circle, or I would say people that are one step away from my circle, people that have referred me, that I have represented before. So those are your best type of clients. And that's what I'm strategically moving my law firm to be. So we don't spend so much time. We spend a lot of time. So there's also this rule that I, I watch all those, those how to build your business, YouTube videos and mentoring videos, those kind of things. But one of the key points, and I learned a lot of this, not only by learning the hard way, but also listening to those videos and listening to podcasts, like what great guys like Eric are doing. That's the only way to learn because no one's going to teach you, right? When I got into my first job, I was, I'm an engineer uh, uh, from Georgia Tech uh, for undergrad. No one taught me how to do engineering. Oh, Sam, you no way, Eric. Virginia so Tech, they just throw you in. And that's what that's what your job is as a professional to figure it out, right? You they've taught you how to think. And it's particularly engineering. They teach you how to problem solve. That's why big companies love engineers. That's why I don't know what percentage of CEOs uh, of Fortune 500 companies are either engineers and or lawyers. More more are engineers. I worked for Duke Energy Company as an engineer, as an account manager. That's where I learned a lot of my sales skills, just getting thrown in there figure out the problem, not asking questions for lawyers. We don't like questions. We hire you to get in there and your client does too. They don't want a lot of questions. They just hire you to figure it out and come in and solve the problem for you. So back, back, I'm kind of going down a bunny rabbit trail, but so not only are we, we try my percentage of my clients are, I, that's been significantly increasing. Of course, the more years in business, you're going to roll into a referral based business model. As far as helping all of y'all out there that are getting started, finding free advertising like podca podcasts like Eric, where this is free advertising. You're getting out there telling your story, 
finding events that are not necessarily where there's a lot of people in your niche market. So I go to a lot of events. When I first started, I, I wasn't dating. I was just solely focused. I'm going to start my business. This is all I'm doing. I mean, I, I used to be so spread out and trying to do so, so many things at one time. And, and that's my challenge is to stay focused on one thing. So I would actually set goals for myself. Okay, I'm going to go to three events per week and I'm going to go to four conferences. I mean, for lawyers, there's the Georgia Bar, Board of Governors conferences. There's so many conferences when you go out there, hand out cards, but you've got to set goals for yourself because you aren't going to do it yourself. So you put in those goals in place and then you also, you, you basically diversify. It's like your stock portfolio when you first start out. You've got all these different funnels that you're funneling leads through. So you've not only got your events, you've got your referrals, but your biggest funnel has got to be kind of like your Craigslist. For lawyers, it's Avo. I mean, just in your locale, Google lawyer in Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever you're at and look at yeah. the top, the top, what I call, they're kind of the Yelps of specialized services now. So and for lawyers, it's Avo. Uh, we, we advertise Avo, Martindale, Hubble. Those are, so the days are over and you know this more than I do, Eric, but for the folks out there, the days are over, you know, back in the, I grew up up in the 90s when search engine optimization was was the key thing to do and maybe there's some of that but i'm not going to have in atlanta i mean i don't I, that's just not going to happen and so what i do is i focus on like i'm on i'm on all these different listings and it's kind of like the old days of being in the classified ads in the newspaper and and you'll get a lot of leads there and then figure out what buzzwords what keywords will get you the niche target that you're you're aiming for so that's it's, it's kind of a long answer to a short question but and it's got a complicated answer but i think that's and, and that's obviously how we start at first it was just listings picking up every phone call and when i pick up the call i'm the one that talk, when you start you have to be the person that talks with the prospect so there's two types of uh, on one of these mentorship videos i learned there's two types of of workers in your business it's you, the hunter and the gatherers. So the hunters, they go, go out there, get all the business. That's all they do. And then there's the gatherers. There's like my paralegal. They, they're the account managers. Once you've landed your account, then the paralegal does all the, okay, we'll call them back within the day, see what they need help with. But you really got to segregate and delegate responsibilities or you're not going to make it. Yeah, and so yeah, at least in law. Because when, yeah, when that person's coming in hot, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. When they when they come in hot, uh, you, you have to handle them, right? So a, a lot of good information there. So uh, yeah, when they're coming in hot, you found that if you don't respond within 24 hours, your oh, yeah. the likelihood of, of them becoming a client drops incredibly by by yes. a lot, right? Now this, we try to do it here at Array Digital within five minutes, preferably way <laughs> less time than that, right? But, if someone calls in, like we need to be picking up that phone and mm. it's going to be me or my business partner, right? So yeah, just like you said, it should be you as the attorney handling those, uh, really their leads mm -hmm. coming into to your business. Someone's calling your business. There's a really good chance they're interested in doing business with you. And so it's best if mm -hmm. you actually handle those calls, if you can. You know, ref referral-based business, I absolutely 100% agree with that. Uh, I mean, I, you're mm -hmm. spot on. Referral business is the best kind of business there is, no doubt about it. There, mm -hmm. there are some cons though, which is it's one of those things where usually, as a consumer of your services, Justin, I, I may never even get an opportunity to tell someone else 
about about your service. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go say if I were, you know, if you help me, I want to, I'm not the kind of person that would go out and evangelize openly. But if someone asks me for my opinion, I would tell them. So, you know, the downside with referrals is they are incredibly trustworthy and powerful, but each of your clients may not get an opportunity to extend a referral to you. And if they do, it may only be to one other person. It's not highly scalable, but you should always, always, always ask hmm. for a referral. So, you know, and I really liked what you said about the multiple different ways, like the different funnels, if you will, of getting clients coming in and, and referrals. Definitely, you should have a program in place to ask for referrals, remind your previous clients about, you know, how you work on a referral-based business, but other other sources, right? The, the listings, so, you know, you talked about SEO as a digital marketing agency. I know firsthand, we, you know, we can actually very much, very much get clients results in a, even in a crowded market like Atlanta. Uh, SEO mm -hmm. is absolutely not dead, but it does require effort <laughs> and an investment, right? But once that investment is in place, it starts to pay dividends over time. Advertising, of course, you could try that. Now that's where it gets really expensive, right? So that's where, where the big firms are putting up the ads. And I mean, we, we've seen some crazy mm -hmm. ad numbers in the past, as far as like cost per click, $150 plus for a click. And, you know, mm -hmm. just for a click, it's like, ah. Oh, I mean, granted, the person did a, a very targeted <laughs> search, but I, I'd rather our clients come up in that organic listing in Google so that the click is free after you've made the investment. And you can, you know, if you need it to, you can stop making the investment and it'll still be there for a while, but it, it doesn't degrade immediately. So there, there's but really, really good points. Lots of different ways to go about getting clients. So I, I, I like that. And, and you mm -hmm. know, another thing is, uh, especially like for uh, attorneys that are just starting out, uh, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, or anyone really who's just starting out, they usually have more time on their hands than they really know what to do with, right? And so until you are completely, mm -hmm. absolutely maxed out, start something else, right? Go to that other listing agency or, or website. Even if you think, well, I don't even know if anyone goes there, just go there, get the free listing, do it all. Go to those events, do everything you can to create all the different Right, like right. Hey, That's we actually, uh, we, have, we have a question here from the audience. So Zach Miller. Says, oh, interested, wow. in hey, how a law, <laughs> interested in how a law firm has digitized so much of their paper library over the years. I see a ton of what I anticipate is paper being you, Justin. I think he's referring to the bins <laughs> in the back there. Are you still paper heavy yep. or dot, dot, dot? I'll fill in the blanks there. Are you paper heavy or what? <laughs> That's a great question, Zach. And when I first started, so I'm going to answer it twofold. When you first start and then where you want to be. When I first start, everything was digital. So I had a cloud drive and, and of course, security is, is one of our huge selling points for, in particularly in the practice of, were you about to say something, Eric? I just saw you. I, I thought you were going to say it in, a, but, in the exact, in the exact opposite order. You started with paper, then you went digital. You actually oh, started oh. digital. Right, because it's cost effective. And when you first start, there's a lot of paper pushing in law, of course. So, I mean, I don't know how many notices you pull up a, a typical case. And and Zach, I'm assuming you're a lawyer, so you know about dockets. That's a lot of paper to push if we mail it, print it. I mean, you know, in terms of what I did on my 
P&L statement, and one of one of my mentors taught me this, is, is that you look at the percentage, right, of how much you're spending out of your total revenue on that expense. And it, it was, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I was like, we're spending a lot on postage and a lot on printing and ink. So yeah, when we first started, we started sharing things. We sent everything over email. But I'm telling you, when you get to the point where kind of I'm at probably the mentor also said takes three years to start a law practice. I don't care who you are. It takes at least three years. So probably in year four or five, if you've done a good job is go to paper where I I've actually, I've gone to 28 pound paper with kind of the gloss. I just bought a, a ream. It's you can buy cheapest on Amazon, it's $15 cheaper than office Depot, $15 a, a ream. But, and, and then I'll do my engagement letter. I'll do my proposed agreement. I'll have a little flyer in there. I, I, it, it costs about five dollars to do what I call a welcome package, but people still and I mail that to them. People mm. still appreciate and all the pleadings now I mail it to them in this white envelope that instead of you know like the Manila envelopes, just putting that extra step into to having a touch point with your client. That's the main point. It's not necessarily okay. I'm going to send them paper. It's having a better touch point. So. Yeah, I'd send them an email right when I get an order. Of course, the orders are very important. Family, like a temporary order, how much your child's worth. I actually call them. And all this I learned the hard way, right? The client said, I said, oh, you know, can you have, or may, may give or can you give me some feedback? And the client would say, well, you didn't give me a call when the temporary order came out. So now I call them when the temporary order comes out, let them know, explain it to them. I email it to them directly. And then now I print it. And, and, and I've got all my clients in my system with USPO.com or US, wherever you can print off stamps. Yeah. And so I can just click on it and it'll just print a label. Bam. I mean, it, it takes maybe extra five minutes. And it's, it's, what, it's part of those disciplines, right, that feel very awkward when you start. And yeah. once you do it more and more, it becomes second habit. So like the nomenclature, how we name files in, the, in our firm. So but so, I think I re highly recommend digital. But. Are you digital internally, but then when you do yeah. work with your clients, you try to have a, an analog paper-based system as well, like in addition to the digital? Yeah, all, everything is securely digital. Yeah, yeah and then the paper, we don't rely on the paper. I should have started with that, but we don't rely on the paper it, as the master file. That's really, that, that's a, you know, it's, it is really interesting. I, I thought what you were going to say to answer the question was you started off paper base and then you got more sophisticated and you went electronic but it was just the opposite and you know it's so interesting because there's so many parallels between how you're handling your business and and how we've handled ours exactly the same uh you know my, my background uh similar to yours engineering then i went into software development and at that wow. point i, oh, I did wow. uh we went all uh electronic right so yeah we're, we're an electronic company like we're 100 we're electronic 100 digital but the reality is on my desk right now i've got stamps I just did a letter. Mm -hmm. I've got return <laughs> address over, and, mm -hmm. and I've got bills and papers and all. Like, <laughs> it, so, like the goal, the goal is to get it off the desk for sure. And the mat, just like you, the master copy is in our Google Drive, which is you know just a cloud-based mm -hmm. uh, filing system named properly. You know, <laughs> uh, so the, the parallels are pretty interesting. By the way, I took a note for ourselves to do snail mail our welcome packet so when we get a new client we have a welcome packet mm -hmm. and the welcome packet it, it fills in some of the gaps as far as like our internal policies mm -hmm. some of the things that we do or don't like keep your payments late how do we handle it all that kind of stuff and it, it's a 10-page document and we email mm -hmm. it to them uh, but i don't think anybody reads it you know i want to get it right, to them, right, right. but i don't think 
what would be amazing is to do exactly what you're talking about. Print it off, mm. already have it printed maybe. Have a welcome letter that goes along with it. Put it in a folder, put it in a manila envelope, ship it off to that new client. That's a great right. one. I've got uh, back here, I don't have any on my desk right now, cards, handwritten cards that I send mm -hmm. out to new clients and I send to lots of people. In a digital world that we live in, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing how impressed people are when they receive something mailed to them. Like, you know, a, a personalized thing, mm. even if it's a personal letter right. from, a, from your lawyer, but it's something that you receive in right. the mail from this particular person to you, specifically for you. It's not just a bunch of you know bills and and junk mail. So that's right. That's, you know, I, I never really thought of that as far as like starting electronic and then going to paper. That's a quite interesting concept that you, <laughs> that you, that you come across. I really like that a lot. Good for you. Well, hey, we uh we are definitely going a little bit long. We should probably kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, I do want to respect your time. Uh, sure. So let me just ask one more question here. Let's see. No, here. no, no. I got time. Or Zach, I have appreciate another, it. Was, yeah, was that so helpful, Zach? That was super helpful. Oh, for, Email yeah, me, Zach. Zach, and I'll be happy to, to, yeah, to help you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So let, let's talk about, um, you know, this is digital market. We're a digital marketing agency, and so we we like to ask questions about digital marketing and how that's being employed by different law firms, uh, in particular, to go about, you know, getting clients. But if there was one thing that you could change about marketing or or the marketing that you've actually done if there was one area where you, you were like i wish this worked better like what would that be you think well social media and of course everyone talks about that and so i liken it to it's almost like the dating websites there's a certain amount of material that prospects want to know before even they'll talk with you and so having and i learned all this the hard way but having enough out there with people google you i mean a lot of our reviews i've actually traded those people actually owed me money and so instead i said look instead of paying your balance i said give me a great review and if you look <laughs> i i have some of i think i have more reviews than any other family lawyer on the internet but we worked really really hard at that i think understanding how important it is to have that level of information out there before e people are even willing to pick up the phone to call you. And so obviously a lot of people do all the social media posts, but it's putting everything out there that's not a conflict of interest, right? So in, in legal, so a lot of people will put social media posts about their family vacation. People are mad when they know I go on vacation, right? Because I should be working on their case. So it's really tailoring and finding a consultant like Eric who can help, who has the experience that can help you tailor your social media posts so they aren't conflicts of interest. Because posting about, you know, family's awesome, going on vacations is awesome, all your, mm -hmm. your, your highlight reel on your Facebook, but you really have to, what's the word, bifurcate that off your professional page. You need to run two pages. And so... Now, go ahead, Eric. I, I saw you're about to say. Yeah, something. no, I I think you're absolutely right. Like, uh, what you can't do is handle your say uh, Facebook like it's your personal Facebook. So you can have your personal Facebook where you share pictures of the kids going to school for the first day and mm -hmm. you know, all just your personal stuff. Yeah. And then you have right. a business page. You know, it's your business mm -hmm. profile. I have that. I have a a personal Eric Olson, and then I have a public business page eric j right. olson that's, that's like my business persona eric j olson right and and that's that's where the professional stuff goes but I think it, it in facebook and in instagram which are the two dominant social media platforms right now both owned by facebook by the way they have posts and they have stories and so with posts those should be the professional posts for the most part not not on your business page mm -hmm. 
and not showing very much personal. But in the mm -hmm. stories, there is an opportunity to give people behind the scenes more than they would mm. normally get. And that should include, in my opinion, the whole person. Now, it's definitely geared mm. towards your business, right? And there's a lot of business stuff on the stories, but you can inject some personal stuff in there. You can also inject some sales material, basically, right? These mm -hmm. stories, mm. they disappear after 24 hours. So that's the place where you want to be injecting things like um, mm. you know, whatever it is That's that good. you want to quote sell, right. Where you feel a little salesy, a little pushy, mm -hmm. put it there. It needs to go out on the internet, but it disappears after 24 hours, which is great. So when someone actually goes to your profile and they look at the posts, they'll see, you know, they won't see salesy stuff. They won't see family stuff. They'll see professional stuff, which makes a lot of sense. If they go to their stories, mm -hmm. they'll see just that little window of the other stuff, which is fine. It's expected. So there, there's a couple of different ways to play, but I really mm. like your idea about separating. Yeah. Personal and business. Definitely a win there. Nice. Well, hey, Justin. Thank now, you. We, we probably, it's great to be on this with bit. you. If someone wants to reach out to you, you've dropped a lot of really good knowledge. If they have more questions for you, yeah. or if someone has a case, Absolutely. a managing partner who's watching or listening has a case, if anyone <laughs> wants to reach out, if Zach wants to reach out and follow up with you, what's the best way for him to get in touch Absolutely. with you? Yeah, Zach, Zach, yeah. GeorgiaChristianLegal.com. Go on there and contact me through our website. So those are the high prioritized prospects. So you'll come in through our website, go through every everyone in our in our firm will get your get your inquiry. So we'd love to talk with you, answer any questions you have, and be a resource. So thank you so much, Eric. I've really enjoyed being on this podcast with you. It's it's actually my first podcast, so I'll always remember it. And and thank you so much for the opportunity. All right, that was your first. I love it. Now you did great. You did really. really you dropped a lot of really good knowledge and I appreciate it. So listen, everybody, if you would like to hear more awesome episodes like this, you can check out our entire library. We are up to something like 90 or 95 episodes where we interview managing partners. Awesome. Wow. That is at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. That is the video format there. We're also on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. So you can listen when you're at the gym or driving. And then also, if you are interested in spicing up your digital marketing, your website, your SEO, online advertising, or social media for your law firm, please check us out at ArrayLaw.com. We are Array Digital, and we focus exclusively on digital marketing for law firms that want to grow and fill their case pipeline. All right, Justin, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you again. 